When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So in comics, famously, uh, Ant-Man Hank Pym uh, was abusive to his wife, Janet Von Dyne. Like, that was a famous thing in comics. So much so that uh, in one of the comics, he backhanded her into the next panel. Wait. Ant-Man, like, the person, like, I didn't see the movie, but. That's why I specified. Not the character Paul Rudd is playing. Okay, okay, okay. Paul Rudd is not a West (laughs) But, like, in the comics, yeah, like, he backhands her, like, into the next panel. And that's always what I think. And I was like, because I'm going to backhand you into the next panel. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to hit you so hard. Oh, speaking of backhands. Yeah, speaking of backhanding. Welcome to the Yowie Show. <laughs> Grab a seat and relax. I don't usually get to do the intro. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Before we get started, there is a mall story that I have to tell you. Yes. <laughs> so I used to work at a kiosk in the mall uh, after I worked at Hot Topic. And there was this mom, and she she was white. It does relate to the story. And she has a kid, like a toddler. And she looks at me like she makes eye contact with me. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what she wants, but she makes eye contact with me. And her kid's acting up. It's a white kid in a mall, so they're acting up. <laughs> that was rude. But, you know, it's a white kid but... in a mall, they're acting up. Um, so the mom looks at me, and I'm like, okay. And then looks at her kid, and she says, if you don't stop acting up, I'm going to beat you harder than Chris Brown beat Rihanna. And then she looked back at me, like, looking for approval. And I was just like, no. Like, I just, like, shook my quietly like she she was sitting on that joke and she wanted to use it and she looked at me hoping that i would approve of this action and i didn't it's like you know we know why she was hoping that you oh we know why we know why and she was really hoping that i would find that funny that like she would be like the chosen white that the blacks pick right i mean it's interesting like for it to be centered around abuse as well. I'm like, do you know? <laughs> right. Like I, considering the rates of domestic violence in African-American households, uh, that I would think that that's funny. Right. Right. I'm like, that's triggering as fuck, bitch. The fuck? Yeah. Like, the fact that I've been a victim of domestic violence, you'd think, okay, cool. Yeah, but pop off, I guess, lady at the mall. <laughs> we're talking about abusive simmies, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. We're talking about abusive simmies. Um... <laughs> trigger warning i guess yeah um asia you win you finally yes. get your trigger warning uh before we kick bow, off bow, bow, bow. mostly just because one i think we're going to be really really frank about it 
which means and I know I've had this issue in history and in my life is that when you're really really frank about things sometimes it comes off as flippant or not as uh caring I know at least for Asia and I uh, a lot of it is just how we process trauma yes um I have to really like try to temper my tendency to laugh uh, yeah. <laughs> at things that are not right it's not funny but but that's it's how, how it's, it's how I cope right <laughs> it's a coping um, mechanism absolutely so we want to assure you all as listeners that like we're not not taking this seriously this is just how we've processed because I think without getting too far into it I think we both had our issues with abuse in our histories child right and that's not just like clout chasing it's not America's next top victim right yeah. America's next top victim my favorite show <laughs> TBH is what that show should have been called because the way the abuse that Tyra anyway Tyra did abuse them I think actually no I think Miss J probably abused them a little bit Ooh, more you know what Miss J is she a bitch but fierce though sure but but yeah like also crazy how many of those challenges like just did not help at all none of them all- do you remember the one where they were doing blackface i do <laughs> <laughs> uh, to this day i still like the, it, it was a different time because that would absolutely not and, like, fly it, like i don't remember anyone saying remember. anything about it I back think then because like it was really trying to be something like, in my head, kind of conceptually, I get where they're going, but there's no way to execute that in real life without it being blackface. Like, I, I my, my brain kind of gets, like, okay, we're going to show different kinds of beauty. Well, like, okay, I get that. Like, I understand. But, yeah, like, there's no real-life way to execute that challenge without just having a bunch of white bitches and blackface. Right. It was just so, to the, like, thinking back, I'm just flabbergasted that it, it even, anyway, see, I just derailed. We were talking about. Um, I was going to say, uh, to point out my frankness, uh, there was one uh, holiday that I had gotten into a small verbal altercation with one of my abusers back home, and I dead ass said, what are you going to do? Hit me again? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I like that. So that's kind of the level that we're working on. And if that's not sufficiently reverent for you, uh, we understand. But yeah, like, I don't want anyone to get like too deep into this episode and be like, these hoes. Right, making, right. You're making fun of my trauma. No, we're not. We're making fun of our trauma and the trauma of fictional characters. Uh, we don't want you to think that we're belittling your trauma. Um, if you are in a situation where you are experiencing abuse of any kind because a lot of abuse is honestly mental um seek a, seek help as safely as you can uh, i'm not going to promise that we're going to put like links in the bio because we're not good people i know and i always i literally put a note some in one live to put mm-hmm. freaking links did i do that no no i sent her a screenshot of where she said she was going to put it in a description and there was no description. And I couldn't even remember you, what I was supposed to. remember what you So now it's just there. And I don't think we can change it at this point. I think I can change it. No, it's going to stay there. <laughs> no, <sighs> it. Uh, 
Uh, but yeah, we're talking about the abusive semi trope, which I think is important to talk about because, especially like when I was coming up in the '90s, uh, in 2000s with Boys Love, it was very, very prominent. And I know, um, as Asia has mentioned before, that kind of writing and that problematic stuff was really what turned her off mm-hmm. when it came to Yaoi and Boys Love. And it's one of the criticisms leveled that when people, you know, talk shit about Fujins and Yaoi and BL, that like, I kind of can't say no to that. You're right. Like, I disagree with you on some of the points, but, like, yeah, a lot of these guys are, like, objectively terrible. Right. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so because of that, uh, we need to go over some vocab really, really fast. Yes. Uh, Firstly, with the word semi, which is usually the top or dominant in the party, um, a lot of newer fans aren't crazy about that word, uh, or honestly, just semi and uke as a demi because there's a lot of um, there's just a lot of bias in it. Like even like in real queer culture, we're trying to get away from like top and bottom and stuff because there is okay, like, yeah. some misogynistic, uh, homophobic bias to it. Um, but semi is usually your top or your more dominant in the relationship. Um, there's a whole list of traits that usually comes along with that. Uh, right. Seme also uh, comes from the Japanese word that means to attack. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it started as a kendo term. <gasps> so to attack and then to block. Oh. oh. <laughs> that makes. That puts. Okay. <laughs> That's. Sorry, my brain just like. <laughs> Yeah, they semi and uke started as kendo terms uh, huh. for for attack and block or defend. Wait, I just I just got oh my god! Yeah. Now I get it because what I get oh, <laughs> that is clever. It's very clever. It is very clever. Uh, a trope is a shorthand in visual media to get across like a point. So like the damsel in distress in a narrative is a trope. The MacGuffin or, like, holy artifact that saves everything, that's a trope. People will say that tropes are bad. Those people are fucking liars. Because otherwise there'd be... Well, there'd be no media. Right! Like, if you get rid of... And there's also... uh, So, I mentioned this during a writing panel. There's also this thing called the trope trope. Where if you're intentionally trying to subvert tropes... You're falling into a trope. Because you can't. Right. You can't... I'm sorry. Most writers who say they're subverting tropes aren't. You're perpetuating some other kind of trope is what you're doing. So people that think that tropes are bad, they can be lazy, yeah. but they're not bad. And uh, the last one is abuse, which is literally any maladaptive behavior towards someone else. And I say maladaptive because I really want us to cover our ass, essentially. because. Yes. Abuse, again, does mean many things, whether it's sexual, physical, emotional, uh, financial. There's a lot of aspects to abuse, and there's a lot of ways abuse manifests. So I don't ever want to diminish one type of abuse over another. I don't want to diminish any of the seriousness. Like, again, like, this is on America's Next Top Victim. We're like, oh, well, you were only mentally abused. I was physically abused. That's worse. Okay, both are bad. So that's why we're using the word maladaptive. It's not... It is not a healthy or proportionate way to act out an emotion, usually anger. 
it's rooted in something else because we see it as control but like from the person who's doing the abusing right i love you so much which is why i hit you i guess right so we're we're being intentionally kind of vague with the term abuse just because again like i don't want to diminish anyone's pain but i also like don't want a dick measuring contest of who's sadder right because uh it all be we're all sad yeah, uh, there is one thing in about neurodivergent spaces. There's a lot of America's Next Top Victim. Mm. It's like, I have this, 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 and this. Like, look, we're all fucked, okay? Like, we're all using comfort characters. We all want to fuck fictional characters because real-life intimacy is hard. Like, listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dragged again, sorry. Uh... So I have a note in here. We are going to cover both physical, emotional abuse as well as sexual. Uh, if that makes you feel a certain kind of way, uh, this would be your time to evacuate the dance floor. Again, uh, if you hear jokes or flippantness or frank discussions, it is not because we are minimizing or devaluing the importance of this topic. This is just how your two stressed out, anxious hosts talk about this stuff. Um. So we need to we need to mention that uh, this is abuse in fiction mm-hmm. and Asia and I were talking about this uh, off pod because um, while again we're very cognizant of how bad physical like real person abuse is um, guys I, I can't believe that we still have to say this uh, fiction's not real right <laughs> now can fiction inform real things? Yes. Yes. And I will fully advocate, as I've mentioned in other episodes, that me seeing abusive and problematic content in this stuff at an age where I had no one to contextualize it was bad. I will say that. But that's no one's fault but my own and my family's. A lot of that stuff back in the day was super problematic. It is still problematic. If anything, a lot of it has aged worse. Like, we knew it was bad in the 90s and the 2000s. And now it's And then somehow it got worse. Like, honestly, a lot of the series that I love are kind of in that camp. We're like, we acknowledge this was bad years ago. Now, somehow, it's more bad. Like, I think a lot of the greats are going to start having that reckoning. And, I mean, I'm not looking forward to it from the kids because they're going to think everything's problematic. But, like, as older fans start to have discourse, like, I would love to hear, like, how we talk about, like, antique bakery in another, like, five years. I would love to see how we talk about, like, a Loveless or a Junjo. Um, Especially as, again, like, a lot of these shows either come back or are being pushed by these big companies that have, like, three titles to their names. Was that shady? Was that? that, Oh, man. And in the words of Shangela, somebody get a lamp. It's getting shady. (laughs) Uh, You know, some of these companies that have three titles to their names and like all of them are like old and problematic. Like, I'm curious about how the discourse is going to be around. Because like, yeah, like I would love for people to reexamine Loveless. I don't know how anyone likes that series. I genuinely don't. It's one of the most problematic things I've ever read. And I've written literal rape for money. Right. (laughs) 
I have right. written literal rape for literal money, and loveless is a line that I won't cross. I mean, like I've said before, like that's a huge reason why I did not get into that, uh, into BL. So, Isha, mm. why, why, why do you think this trope exists? Um, I mean, <laughs> we all know that I am a messy queen who yes. loves dramatic I just I love the drama the drama the dramatics and you know that's what it gives you it's kind of hot sometimes isn't it <laughs> so here's the thing also uh the trope the trope of the abusive sime also exists because of bad writing as Asia mentioned like it is it's an easy way to infuse drama uh also see women being raped or having a sexual assault metaphor used to imply having to become stronger like oh i had to be violated to be a badass looking at you literally most western media game of thrones i was just <laughs> i was just about to say a lot of the abuses in matrop also is rooted in bad writing as we mentioned uh it is kind of a great way to just sort of infuse drama into a flailing narrative um but that's bad and lazy writing we're just gonna go ahead and say it but a lot of it especially when you have people that say they don't like like 90s or early 2000s boys love it's because it's just written badly it's just like it's blatant abuse and the semi's like rewarded for everything he does that's terrible and, and that's honestly toxic masculinity reads a lot into that um toxic masculinity being a word that now will tank our comment section because a lot of people don't think it's real so there's also a hidden factor in the bad writing part, which is uh, something that continues to rear its ugly head, which is homophobia and misogyny. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> so as we've mentioned before, uh, especially with the Sime Uke trope, uh, there is a lot of emphasis on the Uke usually being in a feminine or feminized role. So a lot of violence against UKs can be read as violence against women, thus a self-perpetuation of female-led misogyny. So since it's often women writing these series, it does sometimes feel like it's just perpetuating misogyny. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I do think that there are ways to do it in a way that is less bad which brings us to uh asia and i's favorite topic which is framing yes i think the biggest thing about uh the abusive semi-trope is that as long as it is framed appropriately and you will probably agree with me uh in this is that the semi cannot be rewarded with a relationship with uh the uk's approval or with society's approval for doing something bad right we need to as an audience see i'm gonna use consequence loosely because like if we're if that's the case then like everyone needs to be in jail but like not necessarily that but there needs to be some admission that what happened was not acceptable even if it's not listened to even if it happens again, there needs to be some acknowledgement that what just transpired, be it sexual abuse, be it rape, be it getting hit, whatever, that what just transpired was not okay. 
and no one liked it. <laughs> right. And that framing is what makes so much of that stuff unreadable now, is that you'll get the sad, withered Uke, like, I'm so sorry. I, I was just trying to... Like, okay, my least favorite of that trope is, like, because you'll see it a lot in, like, again, like, 90s, 2000s BL, where, like, the Uke is, like, calling some other male character who's usually, like, the Simei's best friend or whatever, and it's, like, the Simei thinks that they're cheating and will, like, yep. take them against their will. And it's, like, I was just shopping for your birthday gift. I needed your friend's help, and I'm so sorry. It's, like, you had a whole-ass crime happen to you. Like, we need to call Olivia Benson with Law & Order SVU. Like, someone hurt you. Yeah. This isn't your fault. And again, like, that doesn't mean that, like, we need jail in every yaoi. Like, that's not, right. that's yeah, not what we're no. asking for. But, like, you framed this series now as if, one, the Simei's anger was okay that it ended in rape. <laughs> and two, that the UK thinks that it's his fault. For something that isn't his fault is never right. his fault. Thus, then you've imparted to the reader that it, they could do something that makes them deserving of rape, which, no. Uh, so let's talk about why are so many semis abusive? <sighs> Listen, okay, this is not an excuse, but it no. is an explanation. Eh, mm. It's an explanation. I use air quotes if you're audio <laughs> right. only. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> because often trauma. Well, their excuse in narrative is trauma. Yes. Their excuse is, oh, well, I was abused. So, so therefore. Now I'm abusive. That's the only way I learned how to love. Um, <laughs> which. I mean, okay, sure, like, in yes, that, yes. I, I feel like if you're self-aware enough to, mm -hmm. uh, to know that this is how you learned to be this, then you should be able to not do that. So remember how I mentioned in a lot of neurodivergent spaces, there's a lot of talk about, well, I have anxiety, hence why I've done this. Same. Well, I'm abusive because of what I went through. Okay, well, you said it. You, you said it. Right. Which means you know. You know. You, know, you know you're abusive. <laughs> and, so. you know, and more importantly, that you know it's bad. Because you just said you didn't like it when your dad hit you, but then you hit your partner. So make that make sense. So we, Yeah, so we've acknowledged, because it'd be one thing if, like, you know, it was, again, as a child, it was always framed as okay. Maybe, you know, parent didn't talk about it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's different. If it was a different kind of socialization, blah, blah, blah. But you've acknowledged that it's bad and that you didn't like it. And then you did it. So you know it's bad. You know it's fucking bad. I, th I think about it with, like, my own, like, literally my own childhood. Mm -hmm. Like, I know what happened to me that I didn't like. All the right. things that happened to me that I didn't like, I I recognize this and I try mm -hmm. to not do those things. Right. You know? And if you've done it, you recognize that it's bad and you try And then you to don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to say you try to be better. Yeah, I, that's fair. I, I def I'm, I'm not going to give anyone the the mantle of sainthood that you right. must automatically correct all of your behaviors and then just be perfect yeah that, it'll work like that i still fuck up <laughs> same i have looked people in the eye and said stop being emotionally manipulative as i emotionally manipulate them like 
it's it's a dumb cliche phrase but like trauma traumatizes it, re- it does really rewrites your brain and your brain chemistry you will forever react to things differently you will so in uh in psychology there's this thing called borderline personality disorder which is a maladaptive way of coping a lot of people have it or they'll have tendencies of it uh really honing in on maladaptive coping so i know i have some maladaptive coping skills i'm aware of it and i do my best to accept the consequences when i can yes same so one of my maladaptive coping skills is sometimes when i'm sad i need male attention (laughs) which means i'm going on tinder and wearing something thoughty now, if I receive nothing but dick pics all night long, I can't complain because I'm out here slanging it in the wind. Just pussy in the wind. Just, I can't, I can only complain so much. I cognitively knew that if I opened up Tinder with my pussy in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> just, the dicks were going to fly at right, it. <laughs> just, just cat out. Just meow. I knew what was going to happen. I knew. There was a, oh, I have no idea why I got so many dick pics. Because you pussy in the wind. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, trauma is usually the in-character, in-series excuse. Um, and honestly, toxic masculinity, it's never explicitly said, but it's usually implied. So it's like, oh, well, you did something that made me mad. That was excuse to hit him. Okay. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, well, he didn't say no at first. Okay, but he did later, though. That's not. Mm. <laughs> so, a lot of that actually is linked to toxic masculinity. Um, not to trigger any Americans, but literally look at any discussion on rape culture. Yep. That's all linked to toxic masculinity that men feel entitled to have a woman as a prize at the end of their story that their narrative concludes with being given a woman as a quest item and anything that impedes upon that is negative and that they have the right it is their duty as a to man. press forward and receive that conquest item to the point that it does devalue women and a lot of gay men Yep. Ugh. We're trying not for this to be a downer of an episode. But, uh, <laughs> but it sucks. And it's sad because it's such a good trope when done well. And it can give you... And I say fun as in like... Because I'm coming at this from like a writer standpoint. Yeah. Like spicy. There's so much potential when done well to really explore trauma in communication and communication patterns and character psychology. There are so many opportunities for this to be interesting in fiction. Right. Yes. Fiction. Right. But so often it's just done so poorly that you can't enjoy it. You can't, well, enjoy again in fiction. You can't appreciate because I, again, as mentioned, I'm usually looking at sex as like a tennis match. Yeah, you can read things in fiction and not want that in real life. Right. 
just because I happen to like a lot of abusive semis does not mean that I want to be choked on a staircase. Well. <laughs> Without my consent, I do not want to be choked on a staircase. We have to include those that are consenting and have had a intense communication about these acts beforehand. Yes. Because there's also nothing quite like uh, going into a kink scenario and you're here and your partner's here. <laughs> so why do we keep coming back to this trope? Uh, if it's so, if it's so fucking problematic, why does it still exist? Well, as we mentioned, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's fun. okay. And fun is not fun. Well, oh, no, but it, yeah, maybe you have this as someone who's experienced trauma. There is a weird voyeurism and yeah kind of an enjoyment to watching someone else get it as hard as you did and, and that's something that i think a lot of people with trauma that's a conversation they're not ready to have because you kind of feel like you're not alone <laughs> well it, for me it wasn't even not feeling alone it was just i mean as close to masturbatory as it got it was yeah get it it was just, it was nice to see someone else get it. It wasn't even like, yay, now we have matching neck scars. It was like, yeah, get her. <laughs> just... Oh my God. <laughs> it's like Coco Montrese and RuPaul's Drag Race and she was watching Alyssa Edwards and Jade Jolie fight and she's like, get her, get her, Jade. Like sometimes it's just that. It's like, I mean, I think for me, it's more so like, it's definitely voyeurism, but yeah. in like a, because again, like my life now is so just like radically different. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, I don't, I don't even know. It, it sounds bad, but, it, but it's like, it adds some, it gives me a dose of drama. Like I don't yeah. have drama in my life anymore. I did as a, listen i mean i could just like think back upon my childhood but i'd rather not do that i'd rather look yeah. at someone else's trauma yeah. than my own i will say also for me um i do have some desensitization because of trauma but like so like we mentioned with our different tastes that i like kind of extreme things because it takes a little bit more for me i i want to say get going but again that makes it sound so fucking masturbatory and it's not that for me but just like it takes more for me to get invested because, like, I can't relate to a Pollyanna Uke who's never had a problem in their life. I can't really relate to a Seme who has never experienced hardship. Like, I just, I can't. Not that I can't ever enjoy those narratives. There's definitely some that I have. But they usually have to have a lot of other stuff going for them. But, like, for the average just pull a boy's love off the shelf... Yeah, I can't relate to, like, two high schoolers who are just super in love, and it's just a hundred pages of that until they do a over-the-pants handjob. <laughs> and, like, that's fine if that's what does it for you, but, like, I find that incredibly boring. So, yeah, I... Having that added layer in a lot of narratives, if it's done correctly, for me is almost needed i need that level of drama i need that level of stakes uh but again that's just me and i'm a garbage human being <laughs> um but it is i mean it's entertaining if done correctly and it's an interesting point of drama it also in a weird way can be representation 
I know I've mentioned that one of the things that I love about Yuki Eri and Yashiro from Twittering Birds is that they process their trauma in very similar ways that I do. Yashiro with his incessant making jokes and downplaying things and then turning his sexual pain into actual just sex <laughs> was a thing I did. Half of it I still do. I'll let you guess which half. <laughs> you know, Yuki Eri with how he basically just threw everything into his trauma inwardly but outwardly displays none of it is also something I did. That was good representation for me. It was also an excellent mirror than to realize you're doing a bad. Side note, one of the other reasons why I usually love this stuff is, uh, again, revenge. So, like, if they're terrible to their uke and I don't like that uke, I'm fine with it. Throw him against the headboard. <laughs> like, there's there's some uh, scenes in Gravitation where Yuki Eri is very abusive to Suichi, and I'm like, good, kill him. <laughs> Throw him into traffic, you're not being hard enough! Like, But I also don't like Suichi Shindo very much, so That's fair. Yeah. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't no. No no no. Don't placate me. Don't say it's fair. It's not. I'm a monster. This is established. <laughs> well, I mean I haven't I never I've I've read the I've read one volume of Gravitation and I haven't managed to get to the rest of them. It's okay. So have I have very, no idea very, what happens. You have a very, very long to be read. I mean, it's a perfectly serviceable relationship. I think a lot of that was stemmed in a I had a confused boner for Aerie in high school where I didn't realize that I don't want to fuck him. I am him. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I get so, it. I don't want to sleep with him. That's not what I want. I want to become him. Yes. So, as we were talking about that, uh, do you want to go over uh, some of our favorite abusive semis? Yes. <laughs> Literally no one on my list should be a surprise to any of you who's listened to more than one episode. There is no there is no one in left field on this list. Not a single one. So you guys just get ready for that. I'm letting you know now. Because I don't want to hear any hate in the comments. There is no one on this list that for me that should be shocking or surprising. Which is why Asia's gonna go first. <laughs> no! you were gonna do that so okay this was difficult for me because um, yeah you usually read such wholesome shit right mm -hmm. um i'm actually gonna mention first um and i'm if you're watching the video version i have books with me in front of me i so. got books yay okay because i just i like to have a visual sometimes I know. um uh, so escape journey is a series that i recently read three yes. volumes um I really enjoyed the story, but, and I, you know, I'm bad at names. What is his name? Hold on. Okay. Tai Chi, this dark haired guy right here. Mm -hmm. He is definitely, I would say abusive semi light because, mm -hmm. um, I think because the series are so short, there's definitely a kind of something happens in it that. And there are signs that point to, okay, 
he might be struggling with ab- being abusive mm-hmm. and it could have been explored more, but it wasn't. So it kind of got quickly wrapped up mm-hmm. and a little quickly, a little too quickly for my liking. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time he was good. And mm-hmm. I, what I will say is like, ultimately he was, he's a good guy. He just, mm-hmm. <sighs> he made some questionable choices and it's very diplomatic yeah and what i like about the depiction of this though is that although it didn't get ex- although it wasn't explored as deeply as i would have liked to see it mm-hmm. there was an acknowledgement he mm-hmm. did acknowledge that he did something wrong mm-hmm. he did acknowledge that he had problems and that he'd mm-hmm. been trying to work on them okay. and the uke was which what is his name nauto <laughs> nauto is given the chance to like accept that and for you know what I mean like there's yeah. there's a point brief but it happens and then the rest mm-hmm. of the series it's not really talked about too much um so I say abusive semi light because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really go too far but it goes far enough and there were signs that it was possibly going to be mm-hmm. explored doesn't i'm actually yeah. shocked that you had such a hard time with this because scarlet bedico has a bad habit of yeah but i don't own any of her oh, okay. stuff anymore because <laughs> and that's because because of that like um so the only scarlet 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 bedico series or not even series like title that i really really like is jackass mm-hmm. um and that one if I remember correctly, doesn't really have mm-hmm. to, like doesn't have a necess- it doesn't have abuse that isn't dealt with. Like there is some stuff that happens with a bully mm-hmm. or whatever, but he gets dealt with. So But that's still abuse. Yeah. But and he but he also wasn't a semi or yeah. a main character, I guess, too. Scarlet Betty Co loves she, that shit. She really does. She and really does. And it just goes completely unchallenged most it's, of the time. Yeah. And for characters that you would think wouldn't leave it unchallenged. I'm thinking of fourth generation head a lot right now. Yeah, me too. Um, because there is no reason why. <laughs> and not even again, like not even dramatic, just why none of that was mentioned. Right. We're just gonna roll with it. It's yeah. Fine. So do we want to go back and forth or do we just want to go do... back and forth? So Let's I'm go not, back and forth. So yeah. I'm not, you know, just totally making you do things. Uh, we're going to start with probably what is the most obvious, which is an antique bakery. Uh, Jean-Baptiste Evans, uh, Ono's uh, aggressive French boyfriend. <laughs> aggressive. Okay. I, okay. Here's what I, here's what I love about Jean-Baptiste and, um, and Ono's relationship is, one, he literally says he's going to hit Ono. One of his lines is, um, I am the violent man. I am more likely to raise my fist before I raise my voice. Why do I have that line memorized? Because you are you. <laughs> uh, like, And he says that to Ono with no irony. And Ono accepts. And then they break up because... Jean-Baptiste threatened to break his hand. And when Jean-Baptiste returns, Ono opens the door and his ass again. Fully knowing this man is an abuser and that he is now complicit in that. He also, though, did the great thing of signposting to all of his friends. 
Oh, yeah. So when he did turn up late and some fuckery had gone down, Mm -hmm. his friends knew. So good job, Ono. You knew you were going to get... You knew you were going to get it, basically. (laughs) He knew he was going to get it. You foresaw. Because Jean-Baptiste was very honest about what he was going to do. I'll never forget. Like, I'll never forget that scene. Because, like, I was so shocked. That was such a... Well, because, like, especially for Antique Bakery, like, for the tone, it was out of nowhere. I was like, damn, girl. We didn't really know about Tachibana and everything that he had been through. Right. Like, I think that comes, like, two episodes later, I think. (laughs) So, for the most part, the biggest issue we've had is Ono being afraid of women at a demonstration at a mall. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's it. Those are the biggest issues that we've had in the series so far. And then this French dude shows up who's a French version of Tachibana. They're the same person. Yeah. Just a French Tachibana. He shows up. You think it's going to be okay. Ono is not as excited as you think he'd be. And that should be that should have been all of our first clues. We all should have known from that moment. It's especially I know you haven't seen the anime. It's especially jarring in the anime. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. It animated one the voice actor they got for Jean Baptiste. Perfect. Um, the French is very very good. Everyone speaks very very good French. I'm very glad because if they mispronounced any of those pastries, I would have climbed <laughs> into the television series. Um. But it's so jarring because, yeah, you think like, oh, this is Ono's master. It's going to be okay. Right. Like, And also, what kind of guy taught Ono? Right. And was Ono's really, like, first real love that was reciprocated? Because, I mean, technically his first love is Tachibana. But right. Tachibana called him a slur. He did. God. <laughs> called him a slur to his face. Just can you imagine how traumatic, like, how traumatic, and that like he didn't forget, and he can like talk to Tachibana at all. It could not be me. like it genuinely could not be me because I'm still mad at people. <laughs> not to be- not to belittle what I'm mentioning, but like that's how you get school shooters. Like, don't do that to people. Don't like you embarrass him in front of everyone. Like, don't fucking do that. Like, yeah. I get it. You you're not gay, and he wants. He obviously wants to hop on your Right. Head. But it's not that serious. You don't, have, you don't have to do it like that. So my second choice um, is actually uh, Kudose from 10 Count. He's abusive, um, but abusive in, you know, a more uh, mental and sec- I I personally see that I feel that he is abusive mentally and sexually how controversial and brave of you to say yeah i know so just what, such a hot take what a controversial and brave such, statement such a hot take yeah no he's awful it's terrible but he has a cute yet butt. i love him okay listen i am a whore on the inside okay this i've i definitely do have um therapy couch fantasies not about my therapist absolutely not not about ugh, no but like the idea of <laughs> a hot therapist um 
being creepy is kind of hot to me. In real life, no. In real life, no, absolutely not. In fiction... I don't think anything has dried me up faster. In fiction, I want to explore I, that. No, I don't. There's, There's just something, I don't know. And I respect you for that <laughs> in fiction. But yeah, like nothing nothing has dried me out faster. That really? I, I, I think because, again, like I'm thinking too much about real life. Just the idea. Yeah. There's something that's so personal about that that makes it like doubly painful that's, to me. Well, and also you've had a long like a lot longer i guess like relationship with yeah Yeah. yes yes yes, because like like, one of my therapists i had her from like 14 to like 26 the same therapist right that's a long time and right that would be so weird the idea of having someone who knows so much about me and can prey upon me in the most vulnerable ways like like in fiction yeah it sounds kind of hot but like it's almost like triggering it's like i've been vulnerable to you oh you know what okay i've mentioned that i am demisexual i think i've mentioned this and i actually think that i have this realization i think that's why i like it because i really like the like for me to be sexually interested in someone Mm -hmm. i have to feel like a Super very connected. deep connection to mm-hmm. where like I can be vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, like that's like the, the that's the ultimate that's like what he does vulnerable. Yeah, preying upon yes everything he knows that Shirotani's and yes, and, and it's so gross in real life. Please yeah. don't do that to people. Yeah, but in fiction, that. there's something hot about it. I don't and know. There's so, so there's some psychological series that I can run with. But I think again, like it's because he's a therapist and he's like, yeah, using, like, yeah, he's like using his tools to be. I mean, I yeah. say that, but I really like. I think so. I guess I have that for like doctors sometimes because I don't usually again like I don't trust doctors, like most black people. Air. <laughs> it's still a little iffy for me, but yeah, I I can totally see that being a thing for people who like Kurose a lot. I think again, like if he wasn't a therapist or purporting to be a therapist if he was just like some dude <laughs> is he really a therapist yeah did we find his like construction paper degree from itt tech or even if he was like a student if he was like a psychology uh... student and he was learning all these things and he's like i'm gonna use it to but like again it's that power dynamic that's so uneven yeah and it really turns you off yeah because yeah there's just so much trust that you're putting into a therapist and then to have that used is just like, uh. I actually, uh, wow, I'm learning so much about myself as I'm, as I'm like exploring why I like that sort of mm-hmm. like trope or whatever at yeah. like dynamic. And yeah. I really do think it's because like, just in general, I'm a very like, I have, I'm a, I like to have control in real life. Like I'm a control yes. freak. Same. Okay. Um, I've gotten better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotten better but i'm a i'm a control freak in real Mm -hmm. life so there i do have this like this fantasy of just being able to like let go 
and to not have to be in control it's of one of the big reasons things. why uh, businessmen love being domed yes it's because they have to be in control all the time and me, me as a mom like mm-hmm. you know which i'm not like in control but like i have a lot of no, responsibilities you have, like, you have a lot yeah to do. like and... so when you ha- and i've always had i'm the oldest sibling yeah. you know like so my whole life i've been like put in this this position of like you have responsibilities and you go do this and this and this and so it's just nice to be able to just like yeah let when, go when you're in subspace you don't have to do any of that you don't have any of those responsibilities I mean I, as someone who has dommed before I will always say it is your dom that is doing the most work because we have to figure out what is too much based on what you tell us which sometimes, again, those levels are not the same, where you say you can take a nine, you can't take a nine, and that's fine. But <laughs> but it's okay that for a lot of people who do feel like... So I, I took my need to constantly be in control by being a dom and always being in control. <laughs> yeah. It, and usually in service of some kind. Like, I'm not a super abusive one. Right. But, um... <laughs> Do you want me to go over my seconds? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to mix it up. Oh, God. There's still a price tag on here. So, not on the cover, but Yuki Kitazawa and Gravitation. Uh, Yuki Kitazawa is actually Yuki Aries' abuser. Um, major spoilers for a series that's 30 years old. It will probably yeah. not impact your reading of it. Right. Uh, so, Kitazawa, we learn, it was... Aries teacher as a kid and Kitazawa was perfectly great until he got drunk and he sexually abused and molested Aerie for many years as a child um, which explains one of the reasons why Aerie is such a dick most of the time um, Kitazawa left such an indelible mark on the series through his trauma and through his actions through the trauma he caused in his actions thus that so, if you notice when I talk about gravitation, I usually don't call Yuki by the name Yuki. Because Yuki isn't his real name. He took it from Kitazawa. His real name is Eri Uesugi. So, I usually call him Eri because that's his real given name. I have a hard time calling him by the name of his abuser that he took because he was so attached to his abuser. And that's like a weird trick of something that like one of my friends noticed because she was reading my long gravitation fic. I was like, you always call him Aerie and you never would like that. And it's like, I have such a hard time calling Yuki. Because I know what that means and I know why he's doing that. And like there are some great little moments you'll get like with uh, Aerie's brother, Tatsuha, who's like, I won't call you by that fucking name. It's like, I will not refer to you as Yuki. Like that's just not something that I'm doing. And Dang, that kind of makes me want to read to read it just I'm out so of curiosity good. because so fucking good. but um yeah kitazawa was Aries abuser and he's awful and the so maki murakami isn't always a great writer i don't think she ever frames Aries abuse as okay but because he was so young in the narrative and really saw it as love and as okay he doesn't really talk about his abuse like it was that bad so then us as reader don't really take it as that bad 
So I don't know how much of that is just lazy writing or like an actual kind of decent way of depicting a not healthy way of processing trauma because no one around him helped him. Yeah, but like, TBH in real life that that happens all the time. It'd it be like that sometimes, right? And it's actually there are parts of it that are a very realistic portrayal of what happens when children are abused. That's something that I kind of want wanted to mention earlier. I think was mm-hmm. just about how like um, I've started to come to the realization, like as much as I I'm like this is fiction, this is fiction. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff does happen like this in real life. It, it it straddles that weird line of like, is this actually a fairly authentic way to talk about one man's less than healthy way of coping with childhood abuse, or is this bad writing? Right. I think depending on what part of the series you're reading, it can be both at the same time. <laughs> Kitazawa, for a character who exists so little in the main narrative of the series, is so important to the narrative. Well, I guess I'll talk about my last third. one, yeah. my third and last one. Uh, you you might be surprised by this one because I purposefully didn't like put down on my I didn't write my list in the I knew uh, about script. one of them. I knew about one of them because we talked about it. Oh yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> We're knocking stuff down. Fucks um, over. Fucks up bullshit. Like blah. So um. <laughs> Ishikawa from Where Has Love Gone? He's terrible. He is. He's awful. awful. And it's purely just because of bad writing. Because of bad writing. It's... He is awful because <sighs> of bad writing. Because otherwise, honestly, like, mm-hmm. okay, so for anyone who hasn't read Where Has Love Gone, um, honestly, like, I kind of, so this was given to me by yours truly not yours truly y'all's true but how do you say that about amanda gave this to me okay that hoe over there gave it to me he cock warms himself using a subordinate at work i personally feel like it's abusive but the uke in the situation is not as bothered by it as which uh, is worse which is yeah i'm just like why are you not so um, we do get a little bit of like a backstory before um, the actual scene, the real scene happens. Mm-hmm. And I guess the backstory is supposed to kind of like make us understand like why the UK is okay <laughs> with this happening. Uh, I hate it. Yeah. Uh, and Amanda is using air quotes for me um, if you're not watching the video. But yeah, it's just really... It's, 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 it's a victim of bad writing because it's yes. like, I, because we talked about this. If it was framed differently, I think both of us would have stomached it. I, I stomached it as fine but lazy. Yeah. And Asia stomached it as, I hate this. After I got past that, I was like, oh my god, the rest of the story is so cute. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I really like it and I liked them as, mm-hmm. I liked both of the characters. Mm-hmm. I found them interesting. Mm-hmm. I found their relationship interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not understand. I still cannot really wrap my head around why that had to happen the way Please, it did. It I mean, didn't. It, but, but it's it such didn't. an eye. It's such an eye-catching opening. Like you're either in or out immediately if you if you see that. Right. Because um, actually, Maiden Rose does something really really similar. Which spoiler, Maiden Rose, is what we're talking about next. Yes. Um, yes. Where like you like volume one, you enter upon a talky blowing Klaus, like in a train. 
But that... <laughs> I haven't read it, but like that sounds it's so good. fine. <laughs> it's so... Okay, so yeah, we're gonna talk about Maiden Rose now. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, because this German beefcake over here. Oh my gosh. Uh, he uh, he doesn't really know what no means, <laughs> even though he speaks Taki's language fluently. So there's no translation issue. So Maiden Rose is weird. Because it's basically a World War II allegory, and they take a lot of World War II stuff, but nothing is real countries. Klaus is interesting uh, because he's terrible, but again, like, he's never rewarded for his actions. Like, Taki is the first person to say, that was not alright, usually in much harsher terms. Uh he gets punished regularly for being bad. He keeps doing bad things, but he's regularly <laughs> But at least it's acknowledged. <laughs> I mean, he's also like seven feet tall. Yeah, wh who's gonna What are you going to Yeah. Like, I'm trying to imagine saying anything of sternness looking at Klaus von Wolfstadt who's just a fucking brick wall of a man. I would, but I'm also. You want we've already against a headboard. We've 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 <laughs> established that you want him. You want him to eat you into a headboard. We've established. I have a tendency to provoke. I like to provoke you anger do. in people. You do. you do, and it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, he's so big. Good lord, he's so tall. Their height. Their height difference scares me. Um, their height difference is horrifying to me. But yeah, like he's regularly punished when he does bad. And Taki is vocal about saying he doesn't like this when he doesn't like it. And when he does like it, I mean, he's still not super vocal about that. But like, you know, he's working on it. It's right. It's the whole like, it's a whole, it's supposed to be like a whole like repressive culture thing where like he feels bad enjoying sex. I yeah, don't know. That's it's, common. It's hot and cold in the narrative of how consistent that is, which I think is just like, I think it's trying to do something with his character that isn't fully fleshed out. Because I think the point is to make him somewhat duplicitous. Like, he can like I do and I don't. Yeah. yeah. But then otherwise, but most of the time it, it can almost come off as like, these are just completely different people who don't know what they want. And if anything, like that does hurt the writing a little bit because when Klaus does get visibly frustrated and takes it out on Taki, which again is not okay, you can at least sort of get in his mindset of why. Right. If he's been, because especially like for his story where he gave up his inheritance, his land, everything to follow Taki across the sea to a place that does not like him because racism and to serve him alone in this foreign land after they had an entire history of loving each other while they were in school to then be blue balled as soon as they enter Taki's homeland and ignored because Taki has to keep up appearances I can understand why he's frustrated and upset with a person who usually is very expressive about what they want so again doesn't make it okay he is very clearly told that this isn't okay, 
but the writing sometimes does too good of a job of like I get why you're mad not <laughs> enough to do what you did but I get why you're upset I would also be upset not enough to do what you did like your reaction is a, it's a little much a little much and I think like that goes back to the definition that we used earlier of a maladaptive response I get why you're this frustrated and upset. That is an overreaction to being upset. So I actually love their narrative. I think their romance when they're together is cute. Their dynamic is very, very cute in moments uh, because really, despite how big and intimidating Klaus is, he really is quite the puppy to Taki. He will do anything for Taki and knowing how much he's given up, knowing how much he does actively and how much he endures daily from the racism and everything it's it's a lot it's it's a maiden rose is weird because i get why people sleep on it but also i think it doesn't get enough credit like i i think it's very very good it's one of those that if you can get over some of the problematic elements of it i think it's very very much worth a read so those are those are our three uh, favorite air quotes abusive semes. Uh, yeah, sound off in the comments if you have any. Please know that this will be the one that we judge you on, though. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Cause if you listen, I mean y'all saw who I picked. Mm-hmm. Mine are relatively tame. Tame. And you saw who I picked, which means yeah, that murdered. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I I assume that most of y'all are probably somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Okay, somewhere in the middle of literally two extremes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please know that I'm very judgmental when it comes to this stuff. Uh, especially, like, so, fun fact, I'm dating. That's right. I'm single. Uh, if I see certain combinations of words in men's profiles, it's like an instant swipe against them. So, like, if there's any mention of Ayn Rand, no. If there's any mention of Jordan Peterson, no. If there's any mention of Joe Rogan, no. Alex Jones is a double no. We're gonna get canceled. This is our, this is the episode that's gonna get if, us. If if y'all have waited to season two to cancel to us, cancel us. We did a good job. Yeah, we've done great. We've said way worse. <laughs> no, I can't yawn. It's only oh god, it's almost nine. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I looked at the time. That was a mistake. Oh, okay. That was a that was a really really good episode on the abusive semi, uh, a trope that unfortunately does persist. Um, I think it's yes changing. So like we're we're starting to see a a, a wider variety. Like that that trope's never gonna go away. See, I but see the we're... opposite. I see a lot. Oh of, really? I see a lot of uh, series that are either like more problematic in different ways, uh... or are like so saccharine that there's no tension at all yeah so yeah i don't think that the trope is ever going to go anywhere i think it might kind of go underground for a little while yeah which is i can fine. see that because like i think again like with most things i think a lot of fan authors are doing it better that if you're going to have 
especially using already canon characters that we can, you know, surmise that they would probably be abusive. Or you could write a scenario where they would have abusive tendencies because that's the beauty of fiction is you can make whatever you want happen. But yeah, like I, I feel like we're going to get a kind of uh, people being afraid of that trope a little bit because it does have such problematic roots. Uh, but it has problematic roots because people are bad writers. Like, just don't be bad. Get good, son. <laughs> I mean, also abuse is, is problematic, period. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it's never you know, positive. Right. So is, that, like... Is there is there ever good abuse? Right. Like, I mean, are people not allowed to write about abuse because we don't like it in real life? You know? Well, and I also think here's the other thing, and this is definitely something that I look forward to having more conversations about in the comments, is how many little things are done in fiction, especially boys love, that are hella abusive, but because of framing don't seem abusive. Like, again, this was a big trope in, like, the 90s and the 2000s where it's, like, stalking for love. That's or the, abusive. I won't give up on you even though you right. told me that you don't love me. Or that you're I'm not, not gay. gay. Right. I'm going to fuck the gay into you. <laughs> Our next t-shirt. I think this is a great place to end the episode. <laughs> Should I do the unit or the separate? No, let's do separate. It first. doesn't matter. You already did the unit. Okay, you already, as a you unit, already you already ruined can, it. <laughs> as a unit, you can find us on Twitter at the Yowie Show. You can also find us on Anchor, and yes. Anchor will and Anchor distributes our podcast across other platforms such yes. as Apple Music and Spotify, and yes. probably others that I don't use because. Um, I use Apple Music cause, or Apple Podcast or whatever. Cause... For the record, uh, <laughs> this line read, not something I sanctioned. It's. <laughs> I would like to distance myself from this line read. Thank you. Uh, as, as, an ad, as an advertising is... professional, I would like to distance myself from that line. Read. This is not sponsored. I will yeah, cut this I out. <laughs> no, you can keep it in. I just want everyone to know as a digital marketing and advertising professional, I would like to distance myself from that horrible line read. I don't have any issue with the contents, just how it was delivered. <laughs> I did not sanction this. She was not coached. I was not informed <laughs> that this was going to be happening, so I could not prepare. Yeah, follow us on Twitter and find us on Anchor. If, um, you can find me as an individual uh, through Google by typing in Mama Loves Manga. <laughs> I love that that's your default, is just sending them to Google. <laughs> Uh, you can find me individually at uh, Ichiyume on most places and at Amanda actually on WordPress if you would like uh, extended rants like this, but just me mostly complaining about framing. Which is a fun time, TBH. It's a great time. I think the next post I have working on is about YouTube Rewind. Oh, God. Yeah. We're going to talk about Jake and Logan Paul. Ugh. Yeah. If you would like to help us keep the podcast afloat, I'm just kidding. We do this anyway out of spite. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome to subscribe and become a patron 
at anchor.com. We appreciate the patrons that we do have. Again, we would continue to do this out of spite, but your uh, support financially does. Means a lot. It means a lot. We appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, (laughs) next month is Aisha's birth month. It is. And you get to pick the topic. Yay. So more than likely, we're going to be reviewing something. (laughs) Yes, because Aisha said so. Um. I'm not sure what, though. I thought we were going to do a review on live. Oh, that's right. We are going to so do a review on live. So you still have to come up with the topic. Damn. Ha! Shoot. To be announced. TBA. <laughs> Even though I gave Alicia the outline. You yesterday. did. You did. I didn't and think I, that far. And I, was... I felt bad for being late. I was like, wow. I'm really not giving her ample time. I mm-hmm. was like thinking, I was fo- I was so focused on trying to figure out who my favorite abusive simmies that you didn't are read down the more I didn't. <laughs> also, uh, please appreciate on uh, Twitter where Asia gives me a heart attack by asking about a live stream that does not happen for as of recording two more weeks. Yeah. Like just, and I was getting ready to go into a meeting, so full on fucking like, uh, I hope not. Uh, it was so funny because I woke up that morning, kind of like, worried. I was like, oh my god, I forgot to create the broadcast and like promote it. I mean, it's gonna be like annoyed, and then you weren't saying anything, so I was like, oh, maybe she forgot too. <laughs> and I was like, let me. Let me let me message like the day the day goes on and I'm like I'm not hearing anything right and mind you she her. texts she she messages me at like what would be maybe a couple of hours if not maybe an hour before we would have gone live if I had forgotten which in hindsight like so like let's let's pretend <laughs> I forgot <laughs> let's let's go to a fantasy land to pretend I forgot she texted me maybe an hour before we should have gone live that's I'm gonna, I'm plenty gonna say, of time yeah i'm gonna say maybe an hour i'm actually physically going back okay <laughs> i give you two hours before we would have gone live um yes in my defense i don't understand what time is yes or how it works also didn't you like just receive your second dose (laughs) that yeah or see i was trying to look out for you you said i was shady when i said you need to go to bed (laughs) you said i was being shady i was trying to look out for you 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 ungrateful bitch (laughs) i was trying i was trying to look out for you because clearly my uke is delirious because she's worried about a live stream that doesn't happen for two more fucking weeks. And messages me before I have a meeting, which she knows about. I sound like very daddy semi right now. A meeting oh that she knows about. Text me asking about a live stream that does not happen for two more weeks. Clearly something is amiss. Something is rotten in Denmark and my Uke needs to go to bed. She needs a glass of water in bed. But no, you said I was shady. You ungrateful little hoe. 
So, uh, Asia's birth month announcements will be uh, to be determined. Yes, I will uh, tweet it. Which I guess is what I'll find out as well. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Like that felt shady until I realized, oh shit! But it's no, it's the truth. It's. <laughs> I wanted to feel bad for that being shady, and then I was like, wait a minute, because you already know. <laughs> okay. uh, but uh, thanks for listening, guys. Yes, uh, we appreciate it. We know this episode was kind of uh, up and down as far as yeah. uh, tone, but we're doing our best here. <laughs> we we you know, we did it to ourselves. We picked this topic. So. We did. Uh, if you want us to cover more tropes like this, uh, yeah. let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, that's let us know. Idea. I know, that's why I said it. Have a good night, everyone. Bye! Bye! <laughs> You're going to make that into a design. I know, that's why I said it. <laughs> I can. I can. That's the problem. Don't fucking, do not test me. I have infinite reserves of pettiness. <laughs> Whatever, I'm ending the broadcast. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>